a curfew was imposed on the whole world. On the face of Palestine, a small smile said, Welcome to the club. These policies have been imposed on us for over 70 years. I sat in quarantine, trying to find my place in the new situation. I watched the cities of the world shutting down and their people disappear. Meanwhile, our open prison called Palestinian cities and villages is besieged by soldiers and checkpoints dotted with ethnically exclusive settlements built on the lands of the besieged towns. For a moment, the pandemic seemed like the sword of justice, hiding both the people of the country and its tyrant occupiers. The attention turned to Gaza, the people imprisoned in solitary confinement. That walled and besieged spot suddenly looked like a safe haven from the deadly virus. Gaza has been under full siege from land, air and sea for 15 years. No fly enters Gaza without permission from Israel. Neither will a damn virus. I stopped laughing at this joke after the news of the first cases of the pandemic hit that besieged place, with no proper medication allowed in. Meanwhile, one thing did not stop. The silence that covered most other subjects other than the pandemic meant that the movement to swallow more Palestinian lands and lives rather increased and exacerbated. The occupied Palestinian land was disappearing much faster than before. The then king of the world, Trump, and his son-in-law, who was appointed an expert on our future, offered us a deal, a big deal called Deal of the Century. I called it the Coroner Deal. Trump and his son-in-law would not have dared display this silliness had it not been for people's preoccupation with the pandemic as sole news. The coroner deal does not include freedom, state, sovereignty or even dignity for non-Jews. The deal guarantees to our occupying masters coming from America and Europe that the situation of occupier and occupied remains, but now is strengthened, normalised and written as a legal deal. The deal is also not subject to appeal, or, as stated by King Trump's son-in-law, His Majesty Prince Kushner, take it or leave it. In my occupied country, which the world calls Israel, where I live with two million other Palestinians, the government imposed emergency laws which it could not have imposed before, except on the Palestinians. Once again, a welcome to the club smile arrived on the face of Palestinians, when the Israeli Jews came out to demonstrate against state surveillance, spying on phones, threatening people with imprisonment if they published what is not in line with the official data about the epidemic. All these procedures are our daily life. We were only surprised by the astonishment of the Israeli Jews that this can happen to them too. The gradual lifting of the siege in the country began 
and people went out to their work and consumption. The security guerrillas stood at the doors of the malls. The laser ones that they used to detect explosives when searching Palestinians were replaced with aiming pistols towards the forehead, measuring temperatures. It was strange for the heavily armed guards to check your temperature. It is bizarre that the Palestinian and the Israeli submit to the same examination, without discrimination. But the strangest thing was that the Palestinians were apparently no longer suspected of terrorism. The security guerrillas gave up their weapon laser detectors entirely. It was as if the occupation had ended and the Palestinians' desire to explode it had gone with it. In the West Bank, an hour from Tel Aviv, the quarantine was lifted. The settlers, the children of Brooklyn and Manhattan, left their splendid homes, looked at the sun, the sea, the sky, and the new villages they were going to steal. The Palestinians came out of their besieged homes and looked at the horizon, blocked by the pandemic, the occupation, and the corrupt Palestinian Authority. The PA, Palestinian Authority, was taking advantage of every opportunity the pandemic offered to milk the citizens and trade with their lives. It imposed a lockdown and a curfew without providing any minimum compensation of income to live on in an occupied area already suffering. Then came the vaccine. Welcome vaccine! Israelis first. And when it arrived to the Palestinians, Netanyahu broke the record for immorality by planning a deal exchanging Israel's expired vaccines for fresh Palestinian vaccines, naturally buttered with a new bribe with the corrupt old power. But activist Palestinians and networks exposed the deal, and the most notable speaker of truth was a known activist, Nizar Banat. Banat went on live video detailing the corruption of the Palestinian Authority, which trades with our lives. He paid with his life. On a dark night, with coordination and support of the Israelis, the PA forces arrived at Banat's house. They infiltrated his room and woke him up, hitting his head with iron levers until he fell into eternal sleep. Nizar died with iron levers so that Palestinians won't die with expired vaccines. Have you ever seen a laughable horror scene? Well, I did. Netanyahu visits the Palestinian city of Umm al-Farm, occupied since 1948, and gets photographed, showing his exposed arm and his terrifying smile, claiming that he is being vaccinated, and he invites people to run to health centres to get their share of the manufactured immunity. This man, who has been killing Palestinians over the long years of his rule and has mastered fabricating lies to demonize them and justify their extermination, is now standing in the fiercest Palestinian city in its resistance to the Israeli occupation, 
preaching to the public about life and health and addressing the Palestinians of Israel in Arabic with a heavy accent, saying, Go, get vaccinated. <laughs>